back with the MMA podcast. How's it going, Nate? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How you doing, Jamie? Dude, I feel like the last time we did this, you and I were in we were in totally different places. Since then, you and I, we've both moved. Life is weird. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even consider the like a coronavirus or anything of that nature even ravaging through you know the our way of life it's completely you know we were completely different mindset at that point yeah we were we were um, hoping for tony khabib number five to continue on back then yeah but then you know someone got on the plane and flew away man yeah what a weird turn of events ufc told khabib hey go to abu dhabi the fight's gonna be there and he went and he's like, Oh shit, they're going to close the borders. Fuck this. I'm going home. And then yeah. last minute they try to make the fight two hours from AKA at Tachi palace, which is so crazy. Like he, sh- yeah. like imagine if he would have stayed and then like the chances of him fighting, uh, Tony like would have been way better than him going all the way to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. It it's, fucking nuts, yeah. I, I like, I would love, to see that matchup like that's like a dream matchup like as long as i've been watching mma i i don't think i've ever wanted to see two fighters fight as bad as i want to see them fight but i feel like anytime they get matched up something weird always happens yeah i mean shit this time they got a whole virus outbreak yes there's some people out there saying that this man-made virus was uh spread out into the world to prevent tony from beating khabib well, then that means Russia was involved just like they were involved in everything else. Well, yeah, it was Bill Gates. Look into it. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, today's Friday, California. We're opening back up. It's. Uh, I'm not sure how it is for you out in the desert, but out here in Orange County, it was definitely noticeable when I, I was like coming home from work. I, I noticed a lot more people on the freeway. I didn't venture off like into town. I literally woke up, went to work and came home and I've been here all day. I, I did a podcast earlier and I've been playing a lot of final fantasy 14. So I, I haven't had a chance to see if things actually started to open up um, more than normal. So I'm just curious, like has, have you seen anything change? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, cause they open up like, you know, in the Coachella Valley golf courses are a really big, you know, part of our way of life. And since they reopened those, you know, you, you see, you know, I see more people golfing on some of the, you know, some of the worst golf courses we have, like the public ones, or it's just like anyone can walk on and play. Like those were filled, you know what I mean? Like those ones are like the ones like no one would even stoop to even play, or you know, you'd see like one or two people, but it's like, yeah, you just someone a little bit of that rope, they just pulled on it as much as they could, and yeah, I've seen more people just driving around in general. But what bothers me is just most of the people there aren't wearing masks you know like i don't really care if you want to be social and go out there but at least follow the you know safety precautions you know that are in place at least i'm like i guess it's an inconvenience i mean my glasses have been fogging up left and right but you know i'm not fucking crying about it just curious if you and i wanted to play uh some golf could we just walk into pga west and play (laughs) no they uh, would probably beat the shit out of us and throw us out because we're not a member. Oh damn! 
do we know anybody that is a member or do you know anybody that could get us in? Uh, we managed the HOA. Okay. But... All right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, off air. Cause, uh, I, I've always wanted to play golf. I've, I've actually never played like a game of golf. <laughs> you might want to start it cause people did. It's a, people take that very seriously. Like, I got remember golfing one time and we were messing around just a little bit and those people tattled on us so fucking hard. Like we weren't doing anything really bad. We we're just kind of goofing off and like saying shit to one another. And people were just, Oh, that's not the head kid of a golfer, even though all they do is drink booze and drive around in carts. But it's just, yeah, man, it, you got to get some practice first because if you go out there and you're just like chunking it, people are going to call you out pretty quick especially a club like PJ West. Okay. Well then we got to go to, uh, the driving range right there by COD. Yeah. Well, they have that one and they have the one in India that's by Dunkin Donuts. Oh, it's like you know, the public one. I, I totally forgot about that one. Wait, the, the one by COD is not public. Uh, I mean, it's owned by someone, but it's not like, you know, like the India one's like actually part of like the city of India. Oh, okay. I, I li- literally had no idea. Yeah, so I mean, that's why it's like really cheap because it's, you know, kind of like a public service, not like. Not like privately owned. Yeah, so it's not like someone's making money. It's going back into just the community. Okay. Before we start, uh, earlier, like probably an hour ago, I hit uh, Uber Eats, and this is not an ad, but it's a part of the story. So I Uber Eats, um, uh, is that the proper. Uh, form whatever I, I had a steak d- delivered i was like you know it's friday i worked hard this week i just knocked out like a really awesome podcast i feel like eating Did you get the fucking sizzler <laughs> no it was just like some random like sirloin steak whatever like not a fancy it was like a 30 dollar steak whatever and i uh had it on my desk and i was like all right cool on my desk and i you know had some sauce on it and some garlic bread and i was so ready to eat it and i bent down to grab my water bottle and i don't know what what i was thinking but i put my hand on my desk and i hit the the plate that it was on and my steak flipped like towards me and like the sauce went everywhere covered my pants my and like both my arms and luckily like the steak fell off the plate but it landed on the bag that it came in so like i was like yeah i think it'll be okay uh, so like I was like I was like so mad I was like you know what fuck this I'm still gonna eat this steak like it just landed on the bag it didn't yeah, didn't like hit the carpet or anything so um, I didn't taste anything weird I just ate the steak but it was just so annoying because I was just like covered in the steak sauce and I was like this has never fucking happened to me before this is so annoying it was karma the meat was trying to tell you how you feel in fucking steak sauce <laughs> I'm not going vegan and for all the the vegans listening. Uh, we appointed a new uh, head vegan um, to the podcast. So any questions or concerns, uh, please contact Jamie Davis out of Richmond, Virginia. Plays in uh, Outsider and no other way. So go talk to him. I'm still eating meat. All right, that's your PSA. There it is. Okay. That was my random story. But UFC 249. The card got canceled in California, and I'm surprised that they still kept the the number. Because remember back at UFC 151, John Jones didn't want to take the fight against uh, Shell Sonnen 
on short notice and UFC is like, all right, fine, fuck it. We can't do anything. We're just going to have to pull the card. And they just skipped over that number and they just went straight to UFC 152. I was, I'm pretty interested in why they didn't do that this time around. I guess maybe it was just because the core of what it was, maybe just the circumstances, they've just felt like it wasn't because of like, particularly they couldn't put a fight together. It was like, it just got postponed because of like a tragedy of like, you know, like because of a, you know, bad epidemic. It's like under, they use the circumstantial, you know, reason. Okay. And I'm not sure um, how they're doing this event. Is this going to be in an empty arena again, or are people going to be allowed to show up and watch the fight? It's an empty arena again, and they're still not allowing that much people in. But I think what it is is since the, they, they don't, I don't think they have the restriction of how many people in Florida right now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they can have it because you know you see all the um, YouTube videos they post about you know the fighter diaries and all that. And you can see that's pretty good. Like even like Tony Ferguson's team is probably about like ten people, you know. Yeah. And they're all walking around with, you know, everyone else walking around. So I think as long as you're, you know, they're wearing their masks and properly distancing themselves, it's not a big deal. I have friends that live in Florida, and I actually saw uh, one of my friends post on his Instagram story. He was like kayaking today. So I was like, oh, I was like, is Florida just like full on, like good? Yeah, I mean, it's just because their governor is just like, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm... Yeah, but I mean, might as well just get out of the way because we're talking about it, like with what happened with Souza oh, right now. Jacare Souza, he was traveling from Orlando. So he went from Orlando, Florida to Jacksonville and he had informed the UFC that one of his family members had cor- or has Corona. And I think that's why, if you remember his face-off picture against Uriah Hall, they were so far apart, um, more yeah. than everybody else. So I, I think they were taking extra precaution with him uh, because at that point they hadn't even gotten the, the test results back from him when he first got to Jacksonville. And like we literally yeah. found out right before we started recording that they had to pull him from the car because he ended up testing positive. They're saying he was asymptomatic. Yeah. Crazy. I mean... It's a bum for him because, you know, he's been trying to rebound, you know, especially at the tailspin of his UFC career. And, and he just keeps, you know, dropping yeah. out or something happening. I want to go to the parallel universe where he actually got the nod against um, Yoel Romero when they fought the first time. Yeah. I swear he won that fight. I've watched it a couple times because I'm a huge Jacare Souza fan and and I can be non-biased like when he fought Robert Whitaker legitimately got whooped fair fair play but when he fought Yoel Romero I swear he he won that fight and that totally changed yeah. the whole trajectory of his UFC career I feel like yeah because I mean Yoel just freaking skyrocketed and then he's come as crashing down just as fast <laughs> well yeah that's what happens when you cheat with stool gate and uh, you know sneaky decision wins gay jesus oh don't forget jesus gay jesus <laughs> gay jesus oh my god that was the funniest thing that's probably been like four years or more now yeah it's been pretty wild yeah it's crazy because i've been seeing like 
Um, they've been posting a lot of old fights, you know, just like a lot of debuts and all that. And like, I always felt like I was kind of more of a newcomer for like MMA. Like, you know, like I've been like a fan for a bit, but like, like now that I'm watching these like videos that are re-uploaded, like they're saying like six, seven years. I'm like, oh shit, I guess I've been a fan for a lot longer than I I thought, you know, like it's gone by so long. Like MMA has become such a big part of like me and your life. Yeah, and if I'm being honest, I don't even remember uh, how you and I just started. I, I, I think, obviously, a, a lot of our friends, like, watched MMA, but not, like, I, I feel like a lot of them just didn't like it as much as you and I did because I feel like I, I tried reaching out and, and talking to people about it, and we used to have that uh, predictions league that we were in. And, yeah, yeah and then eventually it just kind of grew into you and I doing these uh MMA podcast every now and then, which is like some of my favorite ones. Cause obviously like I love doing my normal podcast and I, I say normal, but it, like, it's just like now I'm just like, okay, like, yeah, I, I do the, and I'm trying to get away from the word normal, but I, I do the podcast with people from bands, whatever. And I have like the Disney one and now we do the MMA one. Um, but I put it all in the same feed. I, I just title it different. Like the MMA one yeah. just has like a different number sequence, but this is awesome. And, yeah, like I, I used to hate watching MMA because I remember back in the day, Ronnie used to show me like old like Pride stuff, and I was like, nah, I, I don't really like watching stuff with um, referees. I, I prefer like Kimbo Slice, and then yeah. and then I realized I'm like, wow, like I'm such an idiot. Like the street fights I'm watching, those guys really don't have a whole lot of skill. And when I started diving deep into like actually knowing fighters and like their backgrounds and like where they train, where they come from, and watching more fights i was like okay i'm crazy like this is where it's at like this shit is so fucking awesome so yeah um, I, I i love mma yeah man i mean it's just the reaction you get like you could be from pissed to like happy to fucking ecstatic to just like every range like you know what i mean like where it's like that razor thin moment where like someone loses by like a split decision and you're just like what the hell or like you know all of a sudden like someone's four rounds down and then they just at the last minute just ko the guy and you're just like holy you know like it's just some like unpredictable moments that are just unparalleled in any other sport you know yeah i feel like john jones has disappointed me twice in my entire life like I'll, I'll never forget the the first fight against alexander gustafson i was uh lying in bed watching the fight because i was like okay i was like i'll just watch the fight and then go to sleep because I, I had like work the next day and i was like this is just gonna go like any typical john jones fight and I'll, i remember getting comfortable during round one and then seeing alexander kind of get off on jones and i'm like wait what and i'm like okay maybe he just got lucky and then round two and I was like, holy shit, this is like going in Alexander's favor. And I, I remember I like propped up and I was like awake. I was like, holy shit, am I like witnessing like John Jones's like first loss in MMA? And I was like, he did it. Alexander won. And then the fucking decision comes and it's like John Jones. Um, and I was like, this is like complete bullshit. And then like there's that that infamous photo of uh, Alexander standing next to John Jones when he was in that gurney. And I was like, this is bullshit. He did not win that fight. And then it happened again when we were at your apartment and we were watching John Jones again defending his belt against um yeah. why can Versus I is your boy Reyes? Yeah, Dominic Reyes, uh shout out Victorville. And everybody, we watched that entire fight. John Jones lost that three to two. 
and I, I, I still think I, I, I rewatch it like three times. I'm like, there's no way he fucking won that fight. There's no way. And that's why he doesn't yeah. want to fight Dominic again. He's trying to uh, hype up um, Jan Blockowitz. Like, yeah, he's gotten some good wins, but there's no way he deserves a title shot over a Reyes rematch. Yeah, I think they might just, you know, it'd be crazy because, I mean, I feel like Blackovich, like, could do it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he, he's one of those, like, reckless type where he could just pounce on him because I feel like um, Jones now is a lot more timid than he's ever been, you know? And so if you just have someone who's kind of like a berserker, like a berserker, I think they could catch him with something, especially since he has that kind of power. Yeah, but I feel like if, um, what the hell's his name? The guy with the Thor tattoo? I can't remember his name. Uh, which one? Oh, this, uh, Diego Santos? Yeah, Santos. Santos was the guy who should have like you know knocked him out because he had the crazy power. But John Jones is uh, he, he's just too good to get caught. I, I feel like he's like smarter than that unless he gets like super cocky. And I don't yeah. think Jan's gonna be the one to stop John Jones. I don't know. I mean, he could underestimate him. Could just be talking him up and just being like, "Oh, this is a gimme," you know? I have no idea. I just hate John Jones. <laughs> I know it keeps messing up, man. It, it's crazy. Just like I, it's always funny because it's always people that preach about like people being better, being good. You know, like the world could do a lot more. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, because he got in trouble and he tried to like redo his life. But you know, old habits never die, especially that kind of conduct. I mean, he had to know it was bad. Like alcohol driving. I mean, it's just like there's no way it doesn't come to mind. Yeah, and he keeps making these mistakes. And I watched that uh, video uh, from like the like the police body cam footage of his like last arrest, and it definitely was like weird and sad. And like hearing him like kind of like start like crying and talking about how he has like uh, really bad like short term memory. I'm like, what the hell? Like that's so crazy and kind of scary to think about. Like this is arguably like one of the greatest fighters ever and he's just like yeah like i don't like you know like my short-term memory is like really bad and it's like oh fuck like yeah it's bad you get punched in the head for like a living and yeah it's not a good thing for your brain but it's just weird to, to hear him talk about how it's like bad because i don't think i've ever heard any yeah. of like the top people talk about having bad short-term memory like if you think about the greats like gsp Conor McGregor and like people who like get hit a lot more than John Jones does. So it's, it's, it was just like really yeah. weird to hear for me. Yeah. I mean, he, he was such a dominant person like for so long and to hear him like, you know, cause he's not someone who really got in too many wars. He always kind of dictated and really pushed the pace and the damage of his opponents. And so for him to kind of have that kind of, sensations already especially at his age it's kind of kind of bad yeah and i just wonder because your chances of getting through mma and not taking a loss it's like slim to none like we've seen it like all the greats take losses except for right now like we haven't seen Khabib blues officially yeah we saw john jones lost to matt hamill but that doesn't really count um, yeah, yeah, but it's like just a matter of time for everybody. Because if you think back to like Anderson Silva, 
he looked at like Ozzy. He, he didn't come into the UFC undefeated, but his run in the UFC, he seemed invincible yeah. until he ran into Chris Weidman. Yeah. And, and same, then just and it was never the same after that. Well, because he wanted that rematch and then f- broke his leg. That was a nasty, nasty fight. Oh, oh yeah. That, that, that was, you just kind of go like, oh, geez. Like, you're just like, oh, God. Like, that's just, yeah, I remember seeing that live, just going like, holy good God. Because you always see, like, people share those type of clips, you know, like on YouTube from, like, just a hole in the wall, like, fights like underground fights and all that but or you know like european or like japanese old like pride fights or things like that but you never like normally get to see it live too often and so when he actually was like on tv just it's like oh my god yeah because the one that comes to mind before anderson silva was that that fighter Corey hill i I i think his name was and that one was like just as nasty yeah dude it's never it's it's never gonna look good it's never gonna look clean it's gonna just always look like wrong because of how we envision a leg should be and one that looks like jello just is never gonna sit well yeah it's just doesn't yeah it's, it's scary too because think about it, like that your leg breaking and you can't even stand on it oh god and just like how oh because it's going to be like your first notion or your first thing that you're going to attempt you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then you're just going to go oh i can't you know and it's just gonna like you know flop in one direction well yeah you know what i mean just thinking about it's like ooh, you feel it you feel like ooh. yeah it's nasty but We'll see. We have any, how do we get to John Jones and Anderson Silva? Um, let's let's go through the card. And this card is insane yeah. because it's like uh, obviously UC two forty nine pay per view, but all the prelims are going to be on big ESPN, which is like a huge deal because it's never happened before. Yeah, yeah, and man, that's really good because they got ESPN Plus and ESPN. So that's I. It's going to garner a lot of attention. Hopefully, it's going to get some people into it because, I mean, the ESPN card had some really good fights. Yeah, and you got to think about every other major sport isn't happening right now. UFC is the first one back, and, yeah, I feel like there's going to be, like, a lot of attention on the card tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's just no way about it. The first. I mean, I know Dana White was saying he didn't want to be the first, but he sure as hell, I think, wanted to be the first. Yeah, I, I, I'm, i you know, happy to have it back because it feels like it's been such a long time since we've had a fight card. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what was the last fight card that, that we watched? Man, I don't know. It's... Oh, I remember. It was uh, Shevchenko. No, not Shevchenko. Oh, uh, yeah. Y- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Dang, when she just turned into ET. Ooh. Yeah, and that that was a weird one uh, because normally we watch the fights at your place, but we actually went out to the casino that night. Yeah, and we get to like see other people react to it as well. Yeah, and that was a pretty cool environment because it was nice to not have to pay, and we still got like like really nice viewing and. Uh, 
you know, we had dreams brought to us. Like we wouldn't be able to do that right now. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Generally they would do it. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things like the casinos are still closed. So you're like, dang, the only way you can do is if you do buy it. And you got to think most people are sitting at home. They're like, you know, they're watching the ESPN. Let's say it's the, you know, the book, all three fights are on the ESPN portion or like just so damn good that people are like, man, we're going to see what happens. You know, (laughs) like the 60 bucks is, you know, like 65, 75, like, somewhere around there yeah and i that, mean that's you know per person per like you know whatever buying it that's a lot of money yeah but what else are people gonna do on a saturday night because yeah like we're in like phase one of reopening but it's not like you can go hang out places like the movies aren't open disneyland isn't open so you can just go out to like a park or something but there's not a whole lot of like yeah. entertainment out there to spend your money on yeah you want to go to the beach you know, you want to go, like, that's the things you can do, but you're not going to do that at, like, 5 o'clock at night, you know? Yeah, for sure. And the beaches out here are still closed, even though they were open for, like, that one day. Like, shit went nuts. And, <laughs> yeah. Did, did I tell you Gary and I went down there last weekend? No, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. I think Ga- I saw you post by, but. Yeah, Gary and I went down there because we were curious. We are like, oh, it's not too far from us. And we are uh just like wanted to go check it out. So we went down there and there was like, like hella Trumpers out there. <laughs> it was so insane. So many white people. And yeah. Yeah. And we were walking down main street and where, which is like the, where like the protests were happening and where like all like the bars are. It's like, it's like the happening part of like downtown Huntington. And yeah, Garrett and I literally watched this one restaurant, like get shut down by the police. Cause they were, cause uh, the local paper, the day before said hey like restaurants are claiming they're going to be open tomorrow like down there like like we're curious to see like what happens and sure enough like we went down there and we saw one restaurant get raided by the police and get shut down and then we saw like a mediterranean spot had people in there just sitting and eating like it was a normal day and it was a it was such a weird thing for us to see people gathered in a restaurant just sitting at tables right wow like it's really happening like this forcefully is like, but you yeah. know what i mean like it's so weird like they felt like you know what I mean? Like, even if I could, like, wouldn't you feel weird at the moment? Like, you feel like, you know, you'd be like, oh, like, you'd want to give it a few days before and then be like, okay, now I'm going to test the waters and see. But, you know, like, when it's still in the midst of the outbreak, they're like, I'm going to go focus here and show these fools that I want to eat at a freaking restaurant. You know, like, it's like, really? Like, that's the play you're making? Yeah, it was definitely strange. And, uh, Garrett and I just kind of like walked. It was like a weird spectacle. Garrett, yeah. we were like talking about, we're like, should, should we go try to eat there? And I was like, I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea because like shit might pop off because like literally there was like so, like so many like police around and that one restaurant was like getting raided. I was like, I was like, if we go in one and actually try to eat, like we could get raided next. I don't want to deal with the cops. I'm not trying to get like a crazy ticket because they, they're handing out tickets. Yeah. So here you go. Here's the. Pay us back your stimulus check. The Trump bucks. That's they want to do a second round. Really? I I, I did hear them uh, talk about maybe doing a second round, but with things reopening, do, do you think that'll even happen? Yeah, because I think it's. I mean, just because the things reopening, that's not like they're rehiring people. Because you know, I've had people you know tell me that. They, like some people use this, you know, as a reason to fire people that are kind of been slacking it or, you know, 
exclusion in because it's something they can kind of write off, you know, being an economic, you know, pressure rather than because, you know, the person suck, you know, for just firing them. That Like, there are some people saying they're not going to hire people back purposely. So, I mean, it's kind of like a weird situation just because they reopen doesn't mean they're going to bring back every single person because they can only still have so many people at a time. Where am I supposed to go watch my Universal films at? Home. Straight on <laughs> straight on your Apple TV, your Amazon Fire Stick, whatever you got. Uh, I have a really expensive computer. I'll have to figure out how, how to do that. You know, this week, and before we get back to the MMA talk, I have been watching this show on Apple Plus, which sounds weird that I have to say Apple Plus because um, Loki Bob Iger stole the name from Apple took it to Disney and was like, yo, we're going to do this and um, have it take off. But uh, Apple plus has a show called defending Jacob. And it's like starring like Chris Evans has the kid from the new it and a couple of other famous people that I recognize. And I was like, this show looks pretty interesting because I, I couldn't escape it on YouTube. I saw like so many ads for it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go check it out. And I, when I checked it out, I'm, um, episode four had just came out and I sat there and watched one through four and I'm like, this is, this is fucking awesome. And like, I was like fiending all week for like number five, which came out today and it's going to be like an eight episode series, but it's so fucking sick. So if you have a chance, yeah. Apple plus defending Jacob, go watch that show. It's super awesome. There you go. That's a plug for this episode. Give us money, Apple. Okay. So getting back to the UFC card, even like the the quote unquote early prelims, I'm like really stoked for that uh, Vicente Luque Nico Price fight. Yeah, that's gonna be. I mean, it's just two really explosive, really strong fighters that both like to lay it on the line. Both have had pretty good comebacks too, where they've been losing, yeah. but able to like rebound really well. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm gonna pick Nico Price to win that fight. Yeah, I, I think he's more of the wild card as well. Like, I think he just has that explosiveness, that creativity. Mm-hmm. Like, he does things where I'm just like, I don't, like, like when he upkicks people or does things like that where, you know, he was doing, like, some unorthodox techniques or just things that people can do but they don't normally do, and it works. It's kind of like, why don't more people just, do, like, take the risk or do the things that he tries, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, him, like, hammer fisting that guy who was, like, on him, you know? Be really creative and like push the limit yeah i i'm so curious about that uh ryan span sam alvey matchup because sam alvey was originally supposed to fight my friend khalil roundtree but khalil couldn't get out of thailand because um, obviously with like the uh, borders being closed and everything he, he basically got stuck out there yeah you have to go and fight island yeah, which is crazy because I didn't even know that he was um, supposed to fight Sam Alvey until like I recently uh, took a trip to Vegas and I was hanging out with uh, my friends out there and we were talking about that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So who do you got? You want Sam Alvey to win so your friend still gets the match? Um, I've honestly never been a big Sam Alvey fan. Like I was really surprised when he beat Rashad Evans. I, I, I thought that would yeah. be like an easy win for Rashad, but when he got pieced up, I was like, wow. I was like, Sam Alvey... Um, you know, it's pretty serious, but I think I'm going to pick Ryan Spann, if I'm going to be honest. I'm not the biggest Sam Alpi fan. 
Yeah, you know, like Sam Alvey has a lot of good basics. Like he's really like, but he's really like methodic and kind of slow. You know what I mean? Like if you let him just kind of like hit you or jab at you, like he's pretty successful. But I, I think Ryan Spann's gonna win this too. I, I think Sam Alvey's not like a very quick fighter, and I think Ryan's just gonna take advantage of that. Yeah, and Ryan's on like a six fight win streak, so it's pretty pretty crazy like run for him right now yeah so i mean i think he's just gonna keep running through it because i mean he's got the submissions he got you know he has he has the whole game plan you know Mm -hmm. and uh, the last early prelim fight bryce mitchell versus charles rosa who do you got it was a pretty good match up you know like i think they're both pretty like good like up-and-comers yeah, but um, Dude. I don't know. I guess I'm gonna go with Doug Nasty. I think Bryce Mitchell has this. Yeah, he's on a twelve fight win streak. He's twelve and zero, um, and he's beaten some, uh, you know, pretty good fighters on his way up. Um, he's, yeah. yeah, he's three and zero in the UFC, which is awesome. And Charles Rosa, he's on a one fight win streak. So, um, he's lost. He's lost three times in the UFC. He's twelve and three. So yeah, this is definitely like a kind of like a uplifting fight for Bryce. Like they definitely like gave this to keep projecting him up. You know, like it's a pretty equal matchup. And so I mean, he just has to live up to the expectations that are being put on him at the moment. Yeah. So that'll be a good fight at featherweight. And then going up to the actual prelims, I'm really excited for this Carla Esparza, Michelle Watterson matchup. Yeah, it's a, they're both really good fighters. Both, you know, one's former champ, one's just a really talented martial artist. Yeah, and I, I always uh, forget how good Carla Esparza is. Like, yeah, she, she's had some losses. She like got whooped by Ioana to lose the belt, and that fight against um, Tatiana Suarez was yeah like. A pretty rough one but when she fought um i'll never forget when she fought uh cynthia calvillo like everybody was like super hyped on calvillo and i was like i don't know yeah i was like i, I think as far as it's gonna get her and she beat her yeah. and i was like holy shit like and it was like not, it wasn't a boring fight it, it was like an awesome uh decision yeah, win. we watched that together actually yeah i was like freaking out I was like this is fucking crazy she's actually taking it to her because she yeah. has skills but like i don't know i feel like just sometimes like she just like i don't know if she has like like she mentally just isn't there because I, I feel like sometimes yeah. she like puts it all together and she like looks awesome. Like especially like in her her last fight when she beat Alexa Grasso. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of comes down to like the same like someone else on the prelim card, Donald Cerrone. Who's who? Who? Which one's gonna show up? You know what I mean? Yeah, Donald. I think he's like, and I, I don't want to say that I think he's like done because like I, I'm a huge fan of Donald Cerrone. Like I, I've like. Uh, remember him like my first exposure to Donald Cerrone was when he was um, having his rivalry against uh, Jamie Varner and WEC yeah and like thinking about like seeing him like fight like way back then to now like you know he's had like a ton of awesome fights but he's on a, a three fight losing streak which he's been on before but this like to be on one this late in your career it's definitely not a good look yeah, but also I think it just comes down to just pure activity too. Like I feel like 
and he's he is one of those people who's going to take a fight at any moment, any time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he really needs to take some time off because that was one thing. Like you know, when he had his kid, he took a little more time off than you know he normally would. And I feel like he came back a fresher fighter, you know, because he kind of had that big rejuvenation, and that's when he started like really popping off again and getting like good win streak. Well, but then you know, yeah, because I, I remember he, he had his son, and then he was like. He, he was like, yeah, like, I, I'm doing it for my kid. And then, yeah, he had the three-fight win streak against, like, Mike Perry, Alexander Hernandez, and Ally Quinta. And you're like, all right, cool. He, yeah. He's he's actually going to make, like, a legit run for the belt. And then he runs into Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, and then Conor McGregor. And it's just like, okay, the, the fighters that he beat in that win streak – they're like okay they're not like the most popular fighters but then when he hit that yeah. like you know tony ferguson fight and he's like fighting these like household names I, I feel like that's when like the real pressure's on and he actually does crack because you're right like he yeah when it like counts when it's like these big fights yeah he never shows up like if you go and look at his record every loss or big fights yeah but i'm um, going back to esperanza and watterson and he got I'm going with the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson. I think Carla's going to win. I think she's going to use her grappling and really like do her dirty boxing, like, you know, really get close and not really give Michelle the distance she needs. I think that's like the best way to beat Michelle is just to, you know, pressure and like not let her kind of use her karate for her advantage. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sh- interested to see how. Michelle Watson's going to bounce back after her, her last loss. Like, is is she going to try to stand, and is she going to be ready for the, the wrestling against Carlo? So I'm I'm just really curious, but I'm going to put, put my money on Michelle Watson for this one. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. But I'm really surprised to see this name on the the card though, because it's been a long time. You talking about the greatest heavyweight of all time? He's one of the best, yeah. Until he got popped for steroids. What do you mean? Yeah, that's why, because he had the USADA. Was it steroids? Uh, yeah, was, he had two years. It was a pretty long time, dude. I think USADA is bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um, so- anyway, we're doomed. It's and that's a name I haven't seen in a while. I, I honestly surprised they didn't let him go because he was pretty pissed at him. I'm kind of surprised. He, I mean, I guess he has to fight for his livelihood. So, I mean, it's kind of like the Mark Hunt situation where it's kind of like we don't like this organization, but we have a contract in place. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how many fights he still has, you know? And he has two fights left on his contract. Okay, so... He might be trying to fight out and he can go to Bellator where they don't care about testing there. Well, I, I I hope he's been active and training in his downtime because um, Olenek is no joke. He has those crazy submissions and obviously Redoom is a super awesome black belt. Also, like a really good yeah. Muay Thai fighter. I, I'm just not sure where he's going to try to uh, take the fight against. Olenek, is he going to welcome the jujitsu, the ground game, or is he going to try to keep it standing? I'm like really curious to see how he looks when he comes back. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because he was the man until he got caught by 
uh, Stipe, then that just kind of like yeah. you know, altered and like course. And that was such a nasty knockout. Like he went like, yeah, what? it was, it was like, what are you doing? Like, I remember just seeing him like, why are you chasing him? That seems like such a bad idea. And then it was, he just, you know, got that one freaking pop on his chin and just KO'd him like flat, mm-hmm. just momentum and everything. It was like so nasty. Yeah. But okay. So, but if you look at his career, he came back, beat Travis Brown in that rematch. And that was a fun yeah. fight. And then he had a, a decision loss against Overeem, which I feel like he won that one, which that was a rematch because uh, they fought before in Strike Force. And then yeah. he beat Walt Harris, Marcin Tybura, and then got knocked out by Alexander Volkov, who's, you know, a really highly ranked fighter, former champion of, uh, I think it was M1. And yeah. So that's not a bad loss. So you think about it, since he's lost his title, he's only lost a, a one decision and then got knocked out once. So I, I still feel like yeah. he, he could be a real contender in that division. Yeah, because I mean, heavyweights is always going to be. There's always that one that opportunity for that power punch. You know what I mean? That one just connection, just landing. I mean, usually, you know, everyone has that strength, mm-hmm. just that raw power. So. But, yeah. Um, yeah, this is an interesting matchup. It really comes down to just how, you know, Olenek's been active. He's done pretty well. But, I mean, I think if it's standing, we're doomed. Gonna just, and I feel like that's what we're doomed going to want to do because Olenek, I mean, just isn't that great of a stand-up fighter. So yeah, I feel like we're doomed going to just utilize that. And if he gets on top of him, I think he'll probably try to submit him from, you know, on top position rather than, try to really have the whole transition you know fight so you're picking Radum? yeah i think Radum is gonna knock him out same here shout out fabricio Radum. shout out orange county I, i'm I, i'm always biased and I, I love picking fighters that train in orange county because they're like right down the street for me yeah okay so last fight on the prelims uh you mentioned earlier Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and he's going up against Anthony Pettis, which this is another rematch from a fight that happened back in, I think it was 2013. Yeah, it was a while ago. It's like seven years. That's and, what they were saying. Yeah, and Pettis whooped him round one, just kicked him in the body. Yeah, it just decimated him. But, I mean, I feel like that's a whole different Pettis than the Pettis we have now. Yeah, because I honestly feel like this favors Cerrone. I feel like this is such a good fight for him, like a good way to rebound. You think so? Uh, see, I, I, I don't. I, I honestly don't think it is because, um, yeah, like they kind of like went um, in like two different directions. Uh, Cerrone went up in weight, Pettis went down in weight, and then now they're meeting back at one fifty-five. This is, oh, I lied. Actually, this is a welterweight fight. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm just kind of curious. No, I, I still got Pettis. There's no way because just like um, you know, they stand opposite of each other, and that's how Pettis landed that body kick last time, and like that's like a weakness of Donald Cerrone. So I'm still picking Pettis. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, man. I think Cerrone just even though he's like lost his last three ones, I feel like generally like he did like pretty well up until a point. In most of those fights, outside of the McGregor one, the McGregor one, he just got his ass whooped. Yeah, but um, but he got TKO. Pettis, like, 
he got TKO'd in his last three fights, which is not a good look. Yeah, but it's not like Pettis. Pettis is, you know, gave up mid fight too. Well, you okay, know, like he's had like some pretty bad losses as well. So Pettis, his he's on a two fight losing streak. He got subbed by uh, Carlos Fajaya, which that was an awesome submission, and then his loss to Nate Diaz was a decision. So, like, yeah. he, he hasn't been getting, like, knocked out. His last knockout loss was against, uh, technically against Tony Ferguson when um, he broke his hand. So, he couldn't continue yeah. to fight. But his last actual, like, knockout loss was when he fought uh, Max Holloway at Featherweight. Yeah. So, and that was in 2016. That was four years ago. So, um, what it's if... Being you again. What if Cerrone's chin is done? It could be. I mean, I don't know, man, but it's the same thing. It's like there's some fights where, you know, he just looks phenomenal. And I kind of feel like since this isn't on the main card, I feel like he might do better in that type of situation. Like, I feel like it's less pressure. Okay. Well, if he can make it out of the first round, he'll have lasted longer than his last two fights. Conor McGregor and Justin Gaethje <laughs> stopped him in the first round, which is insane. Yeah. So you guys, uh, cowboy? Yeah, I'm going cowboy. I think I think this is like one of his last hurrahs in terms of like wins. Okay, all right. I'm not mad at the pick, but I got to go with my boy Anthony Pettis. Shout out Milwaukee. <laughs> okay, right, now we're on the main card. Your boy Greg Hardy. Oh my god, this guy! <laughs> this is like. I honestly, his matchups are always going to be a toss up because I feel like he doesn't really have the full technique yet. You know what I mean? Like he's still developing. He's still really early on. And so the people that they throw at him, you know, are relatively unknown or relatively really low ranked. So it's yeah. just kind of a toss up. Like I feel like generally he could still get probably KO. Like he's shown like a lot of heart in terms of like taking hits. And you know, et cetera. But I mean, it really does. Like they could just get one wild card that just has freak power and just clip them. You know. Well, I feel like his his last outing against Alex um, Alexander Volkov, he surprised a lot of people because Volkov knocked out Redoom, former champion, and Alexander went the distance with him, or uh, Greg Hardy went the distance with Alexander, and that was like a surprise to everybody because people thought he was going to gas out and get. TKO or knocked out, but he actually lasted the whole fight, and that was pretty insane. Yeah, he's actually shown a lot of commitment and you know heart for the sport, which I mean is commendable for you know someone who's trying to transition into it. You know, regardless of the shitty things he's done. Oh, you didn't have to bring that up. He's past that. Hey, he's past that. Uh, okay, so who do you got? You, is this a toss up for you, or are you just going? Fuck no, we're going Greg, Greg, Hardy. Greg Hardy, baby. Greg Hardy all day. Jorgen De Castro. Like they still are feeding them people that they expect him to win against. You know what I mean? Well, okay. This guy came to the UFC uh, on the Contender Series. You know, it's fought his first fight there. Like I feel like they're trying to build him slowly because look at they throw him like the, the one person who has like a name who has like a ton of experience and he held his own yeah he lost but it was like a great learning experience from him you know yeah so he's definitely gonna show a much more appreciation maybe even much more refinement moving forward yeah yeah and 
his time's limited because he, he he's like on the older side and obviously he's coming from football the nfl um so yeah they can only do so much because they're not going to put him in there against like the black beast somebody with like a lot of skill because yeah he, he won't last that long so I, yeah so i think that they're just trying to um, actually gradually build him instead of just like throwing people to the wolves like how they normally do yeah so wait next fight wait who did you pick like Greg Hardy, I think he like they're still feeding him people. Wow, you're, you're gonna can, try to like, bring up his negative past and then you're gonna pick him. Yeah, I mean, wow. just because wow, you're irredeemable doesn't that's, mean you can't be. That's some choose. snake like, ass shit, dude. I'm about to throw uh, some snake emojis snake. at you. Oh my god, you're, you're, come on, they're now. calling you TJ Dillashaw. It's like even if you like if you were getting me too, I'd still support you. That's not possible. That you're better than that. That's not possible though. I've said this before. If 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 the girls are gonna come for me, all you guys are gonna see are uh, DMs about Disneyland. I'm not I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not trying to choke girls or like force them into situations that they don't want to. Um, it's just like, yo, I'm digging your yeah, style. Right? Trying to teach them jujitsu or what? No, uh, last time I, I I rolled with a girl, um, I, I was uh, too skillful for her. So I was like. You need to hit the mats, girl. But anyways, not getting me too because I'm not a piece of shit. And I challenge anybody out there listening, if you feel like you want to me to me, bring it on because it's not happening. It's it's never going to happen. All it is is... Oh, God. I hope I don't see you trending. Never. It's not, it's not going to happen. They, they tried to take Tom Holland down the other night, and they couldn't do it. So if they couldn't take down Tom Holland, they're not going to take me down. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So the next fight. Which is now a catch weight. Yeah, it's all it's all. Jer- How the hell did Jeremy Stevens uh, miss weight by so much? He if he loses, he's getting cut. There's no fucking way because he's on a losing streak. Yeah, that's he's on a that's nasty really losing streak. And yeah, that's oh my. And I'm surprised that they made it a catch weight. Like, what? Uh, how come Calvin Carter didn't just take his money? Like, yo, give me that. Well, now they did. He did take the thirty percent. They're saying. But uh, I think they're just calling it a catch weight because it's such a fucking leap that, I, you know, Calvin still weighed in at where he had to. But, you know, they're just calling it 150 because that's where Jeremy Stevens was, you know? Yeah. And I, I didn't really, like, look into it, but did, did he explain, like, why he missed the weight by so much? Mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, I'm sure it's the same, you know, thing like the stress or, you know, I'm sure he has some type of excuse. Maybe he always, maybe he knew he wouldn't make it or maybe he knew he didn't want to, you know, and he just was going to use the excuse to, as to why not. That's a scumbag move. That's like you bringing up Greg Hardy's past and then picking Greg Hardy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're fucking crazy. Okay. All right, so are you going with Cater or Stevens? I think. Man, Cater's really good, but I mean, five pounds is a pretty big advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like people who miss a weight typically uh, have generally win. Yeah, they have a better chance, and I hate that. That. So, uh, I mean, that's the thing. I, I I hope Calvin can pull it off, but I think the the advantage is going to go to Stevens just because that little extra oomph, you know. I feel like five pounds is like a big like miss. Like it's like almost like he wasn't trying. Yeah, so he didn't really like have to deplete his body, and he's gonna be able to recover a lot better than Cater. 
Yeah, so I mean, unfortunately, I think Stevens going to win that just because of that. But I mean, this this is still a big strike against him with the organization. Well, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and pick our boy Calvin Cater. Yeah, he lost to the beat, but it's okay because he's going to bounce back and he's going to show Jeremy Stevens what it means to be a true professional and win this fight. All right, now on to the big boys. The big boys. I feel like, uh, you know what, Garrett, I, I sent Garrett the uh, the stuff on YouTube, the countdown show, and I, I, I'm trying to get him hyped up because Johnny's all in. Johnny watched the countdown. He's um, super caught up, and he's, he's ready to go. But Garrett, on the other hand, he's just, like, just being very, like, just kind of passive. He's like, yeah, like, I'll get to it. And the last time I talked to him, he still hadn't watched any of this stuff. And I'm just like, dude, I'm trying to bring you up to speed, trying to have it so that you can enjoy the whole card and not just be pumped for the main event and the co-main. Cause like, I'm, I was telling him like, yeah. dude, this whole card's like fucking awesome. And then he told me, he's like, dude, he's like, if I'm going to be honest, I just want to watch people bang. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Wow. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like these are like professional athletes with like real skill. Like that doesn't, I'm like, you have to like, want to like watch like a real fight not just like people throwing their limbs and he's like no he's like i just want to watch people um bang he's like he's like i'm just like he's like i i wish there was um heavyweights on the card and i was like dude i'm like you're an idiot you should watch this uh countdown show and you would know that the number two heavyweight in the world is fighting on this card and it's going to be insane but outside of that there's amazing fights so you should um be into more than just people banging i was just like oh garrett come on yeah there's so many good matchups on here like there's definitely going to be a few wars like at least a good like three or four for sure like there's just no way yeah so we have francis and ganu fighting jarzinho rosenstrike who do you got man this is you know because i feel like rosenstrike like really has a really good chin like he went that distance with overing and like really took a lot of good hits you know back and forth <laughs> <laughs> and he was technically kind of losing that match, you know? He, he's not taking those like, punches from Ngannou. Yeah, so, I mean, it's I, I kind of just feel like the freak nature of Francis. Like, he keeps getting better and better. I, I, it's really hard to, like, think that Francis is going to lose this because, I mean, God, he, he took some crazy hits from, like, think Stipe. And, you know, look at, like, just the pure like destruction that Steve did against him and like that changed him, you know? And like it's finally like he's getting back to the point where he's actually fighting smart but and fighting very powerfully, like how he was, but yeah. with a different mindset. Like he's not full of himself like how he was, you know, like he wasn't like looking past people or thinking he's gonna run through them. Yeah. But he walked through Curtis Blades Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos. That's that's insane. Yeah, I mean, those people like all of them. Like he wouldn't expect it. Like not like how he did. Like Cain Velasquez, everyone was like, "Oh, like for sure he like you know he's like a faster Stipe." You know, that's what most people are like. There's no way, you know, like he's like a faster, stronger Stipe, and then just like literally just one uppercut, like not even like full fledged, and just like his legs just crumbled you know yeah that was so sad to watch because Kane was injured <laughs> and then he came back nasty. and it's like why would you come back and have Ngana be your first fight like are you crazy <laughs> Dude, that was the, the worst choice ever like yeah, so. that was embarrassing that was, 
that was like just one of those things where you just like, why did I come back? I should have just went straight to the WWE, which he's no. not even a part of anymore. Yeah, and I feel like they they used him. Brock, yeah, they definitely did. Brock called up Vince. He's like, "Yo, he's like, he's like, I, I have a plan to to finally get back at Kane for um, whooping me on on pay per view." He's like, "Let's sign him. Let's change his character completely." Let's have him run out, get tapped out by me, and then we'll have it seem like we're going to build him up to be this big rival for me, but then we'll just cut him and <laughs> never give him a real opportunity. <laughs> I feel like there was just some, like, you know, backroom, like, you know, dark plans to do that to him. Yeah, I think maybe they just kind of saw it and was like, maybe the reaction wasn't what they figured it'd be and been like, eh, fuck it. You know, like, what's there's no point? This guy, this guy's no good, you know? Yeah, but he's really good. <laughs> yeah, like a real wrestler for sure. Yeah, like I don't know if you watched his stuff like um, when he was wrestling, um, in like I, I think it was called like Triple A when he was like uh, wearing the luchador mask and doing all like the yeah. high flying shit. That was crazy to watch Kane do that stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean. Let's see, I'm sure you can always go back to that or maybe even AEW, you know, they might well, be interested. They were interested in Kane, but then he chose WWE over AEW and uh, a, I don't think AEW is going to want to sign him now because they're probably like, oh, you went with them over us? Like, yeah, fuck you. We don't want you now because they have like, like I was watching AEW the other day with Johnny and Garrett and we were freaking out over like how entertaining like the show was, I was like, this is fucking insane. Like I haven't had this much fun watching wrestling, even though we were watching like Matt Hardy wrestle. And I was like, man, he looks really old and kind of has the belly on him. They would come a WWE stand when Disney buys them anyway. Hell no. Disney's not going to buy that shit. That's what I'm saying. Man. ESPN, they're going to be freaking licking their lips. No, and then you know, see WWE merch at, on how to match them. They're going to have the Undertaker. Freaking plushies like mixed in with the <laughs> haunted mansion toys. That would that would turn me off. I bet. I don't think it's gonna happen. Like, there's yeah, no. We'll see. There's no way. It looks like they want to sell, so I just kind of curious who's gonna buy it. You know. Where'd you see the, these reports at? Why would the McMahon's want to get rid of it? That's what I was saying. They were saying either Fox, like you know, the organization, like after Disney. And ESPN were looking to buy WWE because I guess they want to get out of the business. Oh, you know what? I could understand why because they're not doing so hot. Like a lot of people are, are turning to like talking to like my friends who are AEW. like legit wrestling fans. Yeah, a lot of people are turning to AEW and like the indie shows because WWE has just gone stale. Yeah, and it's just because you have the same people and like controlling the narrative for the entire time that after a while, you know, you kind of exhaust your ideas. Sometimes it's good to switch it up and let other people kind of take control or, you know, make those type of decisions. So I think maybe they just want to make money when, you know, making money is good, you know, kind of like look at like Dana White, you know, like him and like the Fertitta brothers, like, you know, like they sold the UFC and like Dana White's probably now making more money than he ever was, you know? Yeah, killing it. They sold it for for four billion. Fertitas were like, "Yeah, we'll take that four billion and take off." We still got casinos. We're looking to invest into um, an NFL team. So 
yeah, dude, like, you never, like, you, you never have to even worry about it ever again, you know what I mean? At that point, like, you're just like, I'm set for life. You know, even one billion, even one billion, you'd be like, I'm set for life, you know? I don't know. I think I'm going to need a couple. Oh, okay. Anyway, so we're both saying Francis. Yeah, Francis and Ganu. He's he's crazy. Jorginho, yeah, I think he's gonna obliterate him. If, I think if, he's gonna starch him. If Jorginho takes hits like he did in the overroom fight against Nganu, he's not gonna he's not gonna last. Yeah, because I mean Francis. I mean, if you stand in front of him and he connects, I mean, it doesn't matter who the fuck you are. That fool just hits like insane. I mean, look at what it did like to Stipe. You know, even though Stipe was able to like dismantle him, it like carried over for a long time i mean that's why people say he lost to dc because of that damage you know no that's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) anyway so dang your favorite fighter of all time is that dominic cruz the fucking dominator i want to meet him so bad he's such an awesome guy you know it's funny because usually you're all triple c Usually you're always just fucking fanning on him. You're just like, but who knows? But who knows? It's always you, but then now you're like, oh, Cruz. But when you start disrespecting the original champion, that's where I draw the line. Henry Cejudo, I was happy for him to take out that cheater in TJ Dillashaw. I was I was stoked to see him come back and win against Demetrius Johnson. You know, to take that. W against him, the first person in the UFC to beat him. I was stoked for him, but when you start talking crap against Dominic Cruz, I, I can't, I can't stand for that. Dominic Cruz has done too much, and yeah, he lost that decision against Cody Garbrandt, which weird night. It happens, so you can't hold it against him. He's he's lost twice in his entire career, and if you look at the way that he's won. His entire career. It's, it's been amazing. And even the, the, the loss of Garbrandt, it was an entertaining fight. It's not like he got dominated. It was you just. That's crazy. Cody actually just looked the best. Like, he's never looked that good ever since. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just. Sometimes you just have your night. You know, you have that. You know how there's like that nine out of 10. This is that one out of 10 moment where it's just you're completely like on fucking channel 11. You're just turned up to the fucking highest maximum of, of your potential. And I feel like that was just his night. Well, Dominic has come out and said that he didn't train for Cody to counterpunch. So, yeah. And he, he's chalking that up to, um, you know, like a big part of like, you know, him, uh, you know, miscalculating his game plan. And he says that if they fought again, like he wouldn't do that. He'd be ready for yeah. all aspects of Cody Garbrandt, which is, which, yeah, if, if you look at how Cody Garbrandt's career has played out since that Dominic fight, I would not bet. Cody against Dominic ever because he's just been a terrible fighter really bad decision making he's been fighting really emotionally like he just sits on, like you know he's like stands his ground just bites on his mouthpiece and like just sits throwing like he doesn't like you know he doesn't do the same movement or angles that he was doing against Cruz and I don't get that yeah and he's gotten knocked out twice by TJ Dillashaw and then that Pedro Munoz knockout was just nasty. Yeah. I mean, it's just he he hasn't had any good like luck at all. And it's all because of his own doing, you know? It's not like he had to sit there and take those shots. He just didn't 
move or, you know, he had no head movement, nothing. He just stood right in front of each person. And then, you know, it's just no matter what, no matter who you are, you know, like if you're just going to keep taking hits like that, you're done. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you're fighting to the highest level. Be a little smarter. Don't just stand there and try to put on a show for the fans. Like, was it really worth it to take those three knockout losses in a row? Like, you know, you're hurting yourself because you're getting less money, taking crazy amounts of brain damage. You lost your title. Like, I don't think it was worth it. Like, I, when yeah. I when he comes back, um, you know, he's talking about going down to 25. I I just hope he yeah. fights smarter. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, he could be really, really dominant at 125 if he can make it and, like, really, you know, I don't think do so. well. I don't think so. Suhudo whoops him easy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, his wrestling would just defuse him, like, entirely. So, who do you got? You got Cruz, right? Hell, yeah. We got Dominic Cruz from San Diego, repping San Diego. Yeah, I know he was born in Arizona. Get over it. Dominic Cruz all day. He's first of all, Cejudo is not going to be able to wrestle Dominic, and I'm I'm really curious to see how Cejudo is going to try to get in because Dominic has the reach advantage, and Henry's just so short. And I I think back to Dominic's fight against Demetrius Johnson back in the day, and it was a bantamweight fight. This was before flyweight. They fought in the WEC, if I remember correctly, or was that UFC? Yeah, was it WEC? Okay. I don't know. But uh, I, I think back to that fight and uh, Mighty Mouse and Henry Cejudo are, are about the same height. And it was really hard for Dim- Demetrius to get in. And it was at the UFC. It was um, yeah, yeah. a long time ago. But uh, Dominic beat him. And I, I think he's going to try to implement that same game plan and just keep Cejudo on the outside and just pick him apart. Yeah, honestly, I think Cruz is going to win, too. Like, I kind of was leaning towards Cejudo, but, like, I was watching kind of, like, the interviews and, like, them talking. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cruz made, like, a lot of points about, like, you know, he's always fought people exactly like Cejudo, you know? Like, you know, he mentioned Demetrius Johnson. He mentioned, like, uh, Uriah Faber, you know? He's, like, all these Team Alpha male people. Like, these are the type of people, like, I fought, you know, mm-hmm. like throughout my WEC career do that. And it's just like, this is just the type, you know, I'm the bad matchup for him, you know? And I just kind of was like, yeah, you know, I kind of feel like he's right. I kind of feel like this is like, I mean, and you look at the height advantage and just the reach advantage. Like, I feel like Cruz is smart enough to use that like a hundred percent. Like he knows, like he has to keep, you know, his distance. Yeah, and Cruz isn't a dumb fighter. I'm sure he's studied Henry and what he's done in his last couple fights, and he has like a really good game plan. And I don't know if Henry's going to be able to be ready for Dominic's unorthodox like footwork because that that's like a big thing that throws off a lot of people. Yeah, but it threw him off when uh, Gar- <laughs> Cody did it on him. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm yeah, I I got Dominic. That's like one fight. Like I'm like really excited to see. Yeah, I, I, I believe Cruz as well. So, but uh, and new baby, but I don't know. Now we're talking about the main card, the kind of like the white. Well, like it's like such an interesting matchup, but it <sighs> kind of sucks that it's happening before Khabib and Tony because it really can be a toss-up. I mean, that's the thing. Tony is hittable, and Gaethje can hit like one punch KO. You know. 
and I think back about like the Lando fight where he kind of like threw with Lando and he just kind of got caught. I mean, there's been a few times where, you know, Tony's been rocked or like down. Then I feel like someone like Gagey connects a fight, like a punch like that. It's a recipe for disaster. If uh, Tony can really disable and really like keep his distance or, you know, kind of turn his head with the punches and really have good movement. I can see him doing very well, but it's such a such an interesting matchup, and it sucks that it has to happen because it kind of pushes back whoever loses to not fight Khabib, and Khabib's already kind of talking about, you know, retiring fairly soon. But if someone like Ferguson loses, it's a you know, it's possibility that Khabib will never fight him because he won't see the point anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. Is yeah, Gaethje's on a three fight winning streak. But if you go back and look at his only two losses, they're two fighters who are well-rounded in their striking and their ground game. And I argue that they're like, and I'm, I'm speaking about Dustin Poirier, Eddie Alvarez, and I argue that their skill sets, both of theirs are better than James Vick, Edson Barbosa, and Donald Cerrone. And Michael, jo- uh, and Michael Johnson, excuse me. And those are all the, his fights in the UFC. I, I feel like when Gaethje goes up against a technical fighter, like he's going to go up against Tony Ferguson tomorrow night, I feel like Tony Ferguson is going to be smart and not put himself in those situations where he's going to be reckless and try to be entertaining. I feel like he's going to be smart and methodical and be like, okay, I'm going to I'm fighting for my interim belt again, the belt that I never lost, the one that they tried to take away from me. But here I am again fighting for an interim belt again. I I feel like he's going to be smart and beat Gaethje really easy, just like Poirier, just like Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Those people that, you know, beat Gaethje are. People that, you know, no one really seen as having a good chin because you look at like what McGregor did to them or, you know, mm-hmm. how they've lost some of their fights that a lot of people would account to, you know, someone like Justin Gaethje being able to knock them out. So, I mean, honestly, it's just one of those things where I, n- I wouldn't count out Justin, but I, I do feel Ferguson's going to win. I just feel like it's destined for him to fight Khabib. Like, it's just, it has to happen, you know? And so, and I feel like that determination and just a pure, like, unorthodox yet timely manner that Ferguson uses, like, his combos and the way that he just throws people off is just something most can't really adapt to or really understand. And so, unless, like, Gaethje can really get, like, a Hail Mary or really maybe get Ferguson to brawl with him or maybe fight a little dirty... That's like really the only way I can see Justin winning. Yeah, and I don't know if Tony's gonna allow that. So I feel like he's like because Gaethje, crazy striker, has wrestling but never uses it. But I feel like Tony, he's the one who will use every tool in his toolbox, and he's gonna be the one dictating where the fight goes, the pace. So I feel like Tony has like all the advantages in that sense against Justin Gaethje, and I think. Um, like I said, I, I think he, it's going to be an easy night. I feel like he does it in round two. You know, like the only thing I worry about him is like how he did two weight cuts. You know what I mean? Like 
I know like he's always in shape and he's always like really professional about how he does things, but I mean, it does take a toll on you doing those type of things. I mean, luckily I think he's at usually a really low weight anyway. So I feel like his cuts aren't as extreme as others, but it kind of was like an unnecessary risk. So I kind of feel like I hope that doesn't play any factor in it, but I, I definitely think Ferguson is just going to dominate. I think it's just going to, he's going to be the first dual like two time interim champion. Has anyone else won two interim belts? Not back to back because this is such a weird situation to be in. Yeah, it is odd. Well, actually, it could be the defendant's belt. So, I mean, that was um, like his interim was before Khabib got the belt. I thought you meant, well, his two fights. He's never he he yeah. never lost his interim belt. No, well, they stripped him anyway, man. No, they didn't. Tell you. They tried to strip him. He had the belt at the Khabib press conference. <laughs> well, they can't. They actually give those people the belts. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just like like anyone who's ever gotten a belt still has it, or you know they gave it to someone or whatever. You but, can't. Um, you can't strip Tony Ferguson. No, I mean he's. He's going to be and still, not even and new. He's going to be and still. Well, there it is. UFC 249 goes down tomorrow night. I'm super excited. Yeah, man. It's going to be a crazy night. I can't wait to watch the fights. I mean, it's going to be a good time. It's been such a long time since we had these kind of nights. So it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to feel like, like normal's returning a little bit. For sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, I'm happy we're able to, you know, get you on the line and do another MMA podcast because it's been too long and I'm trying to do these more regularly. So I'm happy you were down to do it. And thanks again for being down to come on the podcast. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. always got you back. All right. Before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Uh, no, just watch the fights. I mean, support these this UFC card. I mean, because... You know, we got to get back to just being who we were and what we were doing. So, doing like supporting events like this is what's going to help us move towards that. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Nate, thank you again. Um, I still don't have a, an official sign off uh, for the MMA podcast, but this has been fun. UFC 249 going down tomorrow night, Jacksonville, Florida. Stoked on that, and I'll talk to you soon.